Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We're going to start in Colossians 1-1, and the pastor's going to address the need to know who we are in Christ. I think that's a good place to go because it seems almost like we're in a, the church has an identity crisis, and we just don't fully explain, you know, understand who we are in Christ. So welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm glad to be here again today. But just like you were saying, there's a lot of people out here wondering who they are in Christ. And that's because a lot of times they'd be praying. They say, well, my prayer is not answered the way I thought it should be answered. And uh, why is somebody else getting blessed and I'm not getting blessed? That's because we don't know who we are in Christ. Not that we get more power by knowing who we are, but we know what we're going through. And that will help with any people that's going through depression, uh, problems going in their lives and stuff, because you know why you're going through. That's why it says, why do the good people uh, suffer and the bad people get blessed? But here's the thing. In the end, it always, as the Bible says, the the end from the beginning, God knows it. What's going to happen at the end is what they're getting now. They're getting their blessings now. And we're getting turmoil now, but later on, we will get the blessings, and they'll be in turmoil for the rest of eternity. I'd rather suffer a little now and not have to suffer later on. But we need to know who we are, what we're going through, and how to get through this test. A lot of people don't know how to even get through the test. Well, I've been praying for five years. I've been praying for 10 years. Listen. Time with God is no such thing. He operates from what he wants to operate from right then. And there's no time clock up on his hand or up on the wall there. So the main thing is always be willing to go through the test and know that as soon as you finish the test, you will get a reward when we leave here. All right. Today we're going to start in Galatians, the first chapter and the first verse. Colossians, the first chapter and the first verse. It says, Paul, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timochus, our brother. Now, here's the thing. You look at God hides things. I keep telling y'all that every week. God hides things. There's uh, words that that hide things of what God is going on. But if you you be patiently studying the word, because you've got to study. You've got to study, patiently study the word. Then all of a sudden, it starts making sense of what God is hidden. Like the name Paul means little one. And then it says apostle means it was a sent one. Then it says of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ means your prayer is going from the earth to the heavens. When it says Christ Jesus, that means the prayer is coming from the heavens back to the earth. And so it says, by the will of God and Timochus, our brother. Well, if you look up that name, Timochus, it's a word that means that uh, one who honors God. So here it is. Paul, the little one of the apostles, sent by the word of God, which Jesus Christ, by the will of God, is sent this letter to those that honor God. That's us. And then to clarify it, it says, to the saints 
and faithful brethren in Christ, which are uh, Colossae, grace unto you and peace, and from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith, and faith can be three different words. It can be uh, trust. It can also be believing. And in the word faith itself. So since we have heard of your believing or heard of your trust in Christ Jesus. Remember I told you when it says Christ Jesus, it means from the heaven back down to the earth. Because where does Christ rule right now? He rules from the heaven. He's right here on the earth, but now he rules from the heaven. And of the love which you have for all the saints. Remember that's Teomokas, those that honor God. Then it says, and for the hope which is laid up in you, for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Now, the word truth can also mean believe. It can also mean faith. It also means amen. But one of the things, the word that we have to look at is where it says, of the gospel. As I've explained to y'all before, the gospel means prophecy. Prophecy. Our whole Bible is set up on prophecy. From beginning to the end, it has to be spoken. Like it says, in the beginning was uh, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was void without form and darkness on the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. He spoke. And everything was created from that light. And that light is a word called or. Or means from wisdom. God created everything through wisdom. And you have to go back to the other books like uh, Proverbs and uh and Ecclesiastics and stuff like that, and you'll see that God created everything by wisdom. Nothing was created without wisdom, and only one being did the creating, and that is the Son. The Son did the creating, which is the S-U-N, or S-O-N. Let's keep going. And which is to come unto you as it is in all the world, and bring forth fruit as it does also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God's truth. What is the truth? God wants us to be like his son. And what is his son? The spirit of love. And the spirit of love changes us to where we don't hold grudges. We don't get mad at people easily. And if we do, we in, we're willing to forgive quickly. See, this is, all, this is all been taught on how to live a Christian life. And if you learn to, to walk this Christian life, the more you'll find out who you are in Christ. And the more you find out you're in Christ, the more you find out you have to kill the old nature, your ego, get it out of the way so that you will receive the engrafted word of God and changes you from faith to faith, glory to glory, translating you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, which is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. All right, let's keep on going here. As you have also learned from Ephesus, the seventh verse, our dear fellow servant, who is your faithful minister in Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. Now, if you want to go look up what is love in the spirit, you go to Galatians 
the fifth chapter, and I think it's the 22nd verse. And for this cause also, since the day we heard of, we do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthening with all might, uh, according to the glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. The reason we have so many people de- depending on joy from somebody else and find that it isn't bringing it, or especially in materialistic things, if I have this, I'll be happy. If I have the new house, I'll be happy. If I have a new car, I'm happy. That is not happy. Happy is when you're satisfied on the inside of you who you are. And once you understand, the way you find out who you are is by how you handle the problems of this world. You need to handle it with calmness, peace, and understanding. Yeah, some people are going to make you mad. Some things are going to do wrong to you. But this is not our home. We're just passing through. And God hides things. But if you start to diligently seek him, which is the word, he said, I will reward you. And he will reward us with things on this earth and in the world to come. But also, the world rewards you when you do the things that the world likes, like being angry or stealing or uh, cheating people. That's what the world likes to do. And it brings our common choices from whichever way you go, good or bad. Then it says, giving thanks unto the Father, the 12th verse, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, let's go back and change, because I say with Hebrew words, since y'all been listening for a while, you understand. Hebrew words can be 10 different words at the same time. So you have to understand what does it really mean and then use it to give you an understanding. The rest of the world will not know it. God puts a a blindfold on the Jews. That's why they can't understand who Jesus is. Most of them, not all of them. It says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet. Well, the word meet means fit to be partakers in the inheritance or what you're going to receive of the the saints in light, which means understanding. Who delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated into the kingdom of his dear son. In other words, he took you out of confusion and into the marvelous light, and he gives us understanding if you will study his word. And as you more you study the word, the stronger you become in Christ, and the more you understand, okay, I'm in a war, and the war is not over until it's over. And in the meantime, I'm supposed to occupy until my general comes here and gives me other orders. And the general is our king, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we are redemption through his blood, even the forget, uh, forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him are all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, who created everything? 
the Word did. That's why it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He created this this world for His pleasure, and He gave He gave the best thing that He could create, and that was a, a man that called Adam. In other words, we were all in Adam. We're of the bloodline. The blood is red. That's why all blood is red. We were created in a bloodline. And our bloodline was made us the God of this world, to where we'll be able to speak and do, uh, dominate this world. But, B-U-T, there was an enemy in the garden, and the enemy came along, and our forefather and foremother, which is at the beginning, which we were there. We were in their seed. We were working as one. But because we said we want to be stronger than what we were, we wanted to be better than the God that, that was taking care of us, we relinquished our power and gave it to a spirit named Satan. So now Satan Pastor is James. Yes, ma'am. Daniel has a question. Okay. Hello, Daniel. How are you doing tonight? Good evening, Pastor James and Listeners, how are you tonight? I am doing wonderful. The Lord has been blessing. I've been thinking and praying, and that helps Good. a whole lot. It sure does. I was listening, and, I, you know, the message is great. And, uh, you know, uh, I feel like I have a, a testimony that's in line Oh, with okay. kind of the last things you've been saying there, sort of uh, as far as uh, how we're in the warfare and things, and you know, kind of meek doesn't mean weak. You've got to yep. go and take by force. So mm-hmm. this just happened today. I was so surprised. I was so surprised. I was. It was towards the end of my shift on my job, and I was outside doing some some various tasks. And I had just been feeling really attacked today. Uh-huh. And it was at the time in the shift, I was just feeling agitated and just real bothered and, and tired. And I was walking. Now, and I had, I've been praying and loosening the word. Um, and I don't know why I did it. I just, it must have been the Holy Spirit rose up inside me. I just said, I take this sword and I I grabbed like I was really grabbing a sword and I said I pulled this sword out of me. And when I pulled that sword out of me, I said that it was instant instantaneous. Amen. I, it's like from one second to another I felt fine. I felt energized. I didn't feel a- aggravated or irritated anymore. Uh-huh. And I, I I almost couldn't believe it. I was standing there for a few seconds. I said, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what? And I don't even know why I thought to do that, honestly. I, I just know it worked. I, could, I couldn't hardly wait to get to uh, uh, give testimony about it. Amen. Well, you yes, know, the sir. Bible says that the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us to all truth. And a lot of times he'll have us speak things, and we don't even know why we're speaking it. But if we let the Holy Spirit speak through us, and we see miraculous things happen. A lady gave her testimony not the, the other day. She's going through problems because 
her relative wants to be acknowledged as a female and it's a male. And because the family will not acknowledge it as a female, it is getting angry and stuff. So this person spoke to that spirit and she said, I didn't even know I was doing it. It just like the Lord, you know, been praying all this time. All of a sudden it's like the Lord spoke to me and said, listen, if you want me to talk to you, you better answer by the name that God given you. And if you don't want to answer by that, don't come by. That thing, the lady, the, well, the, the person came by and it, because of her standing up and having the Holy Spirit speak through her, it answers at a as a uh, a woman, and did not answer as a man any longer. Now, when they got ready to leave, it went back to the man's spirit, right? But because she spoke with confidence, she was able to hold that demon at bay. Wow. Yeah, I you know I. It's weird, and I, I'm going to tell you the truth. I wasn't feeling necessarily very spiritual today either, and I just, I just out of nowhere, just it was, it was very weird. But it worked, <laughs> and I, well, you weren't there. There weren't any. I'm, you know, there was really no one else around besides uh, my coworker, and he's not a believer. So I, that must mean that Jesus was there. I didn't know it, and he was working. So uh, that's all I had besides uh, telling you that the radio broadcast sounds great tonight. Well, I appreciate that. People just don't understand. You know, I be studying sometimes, you know, and I don't study until probably the day before or sometime that very day so I can hear the Holy Spirit tell me what to say because other than that, I have no knowledge of what's in the Bible except for the little bit that I've read. But when people like you, you call in, you encourage me, it makes me feel better than saying, Lord, I'm not just sitting here for two hours, but I'm actually somebody's learning something. And I'm learning at the same time they're learning. So I appreciate you, Daniel. I really do. Well, I appreciate all the information and different tactics that have helped to increase my spiritual warfare and capability to defend myself as a Christian. So, hey, amen to you, brother. All right. Well, thank you again, and you have a blessed day. You too. As I said, if there's anybody that has a, a question you want to call in, you push in one on your telephone, and that one will let me let them know that you're calling in, you have a question or a comment. So you don't have to wait for me to take a break. Anybody wants to uh, the uh, check in, just push one on your phone. All right. You do have someone else with their hand up. <clears throat> Area code 814. I can't hear him. Pennsylvania. Hello, Pennsylvania. Greg. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, I just I uh, you were just stirring me up with uh something I was looking at for a long time. You know how you said about studying that day and preparing for what you'd speak, you know, for actual people. And yeah, I remember reading through some of the old testament prophets. I believe it was Ezekiel 
maybe Jeremiah, but God would God spoke to them, and then they went and they stood by, you know, other people of Israel. I think it was uh, it, uh, it might have been. I'm thinking it was Ezekiel who got a word, and then he went with the refugees, and God didn't speak to him till like seven or eight days later. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe. It. Well, I know that a long time ago, you know, God gave me some dreams about whether or not I would have access, you know, more access to my gifts would be when I was hanging around righteous people. Uh-huh. So for a long time, I was trying to look for a way to linger, you know, whenever, and it's very hard to do because most people don't have all night church services and all that kind of stuff. So right. finally, I just, just recently, after a lot of searching, I found uh, a couple uh, prayer lines that are on like one's on like 24 seven. They pray for the president. I've been on that for like two months. And uh-huh. you can take praying. So I found that really opened some things up because I didn't have to be on my toes all the time. I could listen to people pray. I could wait on the Lord. I could take my turn. And then there's another meeting. Uh, I think it's, it's called the Capitol Hill prayer partners. I've only been on it once. But it's from uh-huh. like 12 midnight to 6 a.m. in the morning. And I'm really hoping to condition myself to take turns reading the Bible. They re- it's a readathon. And uh, to take that opportunity to rest in God while I'm amongst other anointed people enjoying the word. So uh-huh. uh, I'm really, it, it's, it's opening things up to me. But for most people, most people don't have that kind of access uh, to where they can really soak in the presence of God among other believers. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thankful for that. And I just wanted to, to share that. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We have a church here called IHOP, and they tw- they do 24-7 uh, praise music. Seven days a week, 365 days out of the year that I know of. Sometimes I'd go up there late at night, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I would just sit there and soak in the songs and the music that's going on that refills me or makes me feel stronger. Hey, man. I'm glad to hear that. If I was in Kansas, that's where I'd be right now. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, it's called IHOP, International House of Prayer. So if you ever get here, come on to the church there. Amen. Where are you where are you calling from? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, I hear you. I haven't been up that way in a long time. As I say, I'm hoping that the word is going forth that people are learning to search the scriptures better than they have and how to hear from God. Because a lot of times people talk about, well, I, I got to uh, read for 24 hours and get prepared. The Holy Spirit doesn't take that long to speak. In fact, about most of the time, I, if you got nothing in, nothing's coming out anyway. But if you put things in yourself, you know, like the scriptures and stuff, and when it's time for God to use you, he brings the scriptures back to your remembrance. 
He's the one who does the speaking. And all we are are polyparrots. We speak what we hear the Holy Spirit speak. And now that I've been seeing the Lord really been working with some people who thought they had no, no authority in Christ, all of a sudden the Spirit of God is talking through them and talking to the demonic world and letting them know that, hey, you have authority because you're, you're with the, the power of the Holy One of Israel, which is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you to all truths or how to battle in this warfare. Well, is this your first time on the broadcast? Uh, I think I've talked to you a few times before. Oh, okay. Oh, I got so many people that call you. I never remember who. And then plus, <laughs> I am a pastor of a church. So I run into people. Plus, I travel a lot. In fact, I'm on my way to Detroit in about another three months. All right. If you got any other uh, biblical questions you want to ask while we're on the phone? Uh, not this time. Okay, then. Well, thank you. And what's your name again? Greg. Greg. Oh, okay, Greg. I hear you. All right. Well, you have a blessed day. You too. Blessings. Okay. As I said, if you have any biblical questions or Something I don't care. Or some of the things we've already talked, like on Book of Revelations or the Gospel or anything that we've already talked over, the push one and I can answer. And if I don't know, I'm hoping the Holy Spirit will tell me. Okay. Right now we'll continue back on Galatians, the first chapter, and uh, uh, the 16th verse. Well, let's go to the 15th verse. Well, let's go to the 14th verse. Sometimes I have to wait to hear God because I'd be wanting to do something and God be saying something else. On the 14th, it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The word blood means life. Jesus' life is what he gave up so that we could live through him and that we have life and life more abundantly because we're not just slaves to this world, but we're, uh, we're being created to be sons and daughters of the Most High. And the things, how to stay free out of the stuff of this world is be willing to forgive people who hurt you. That seems like the hardest thing that I have right now is people to forgive people. They'd rather be mad at them. They'd be mad at people for 10 years. And then you ask them, what are y'all mad about? They don't even remember. But whatever it was, I have a right to be mad. No. If you die in that anger state, then you'll rise in that anger state and that's what you get judged in. It's better to be forgiving people and God to forgive you because he said, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. And if he won't forgive, then you've got to be one or two things. Either you're going to have many stripes on your back, you're going to, go, you're going to get whooped. Or if you did something where there's uh, like blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or something, there's no forgiveness in this world or in the world to come. But if you will take your time and study what the word says, and remember, don't take the English words because there's too many things for the English word. Like if I say can, can, what am I talking about? Am I talking about a can you got chili out of? Or am I talking about can you can go up that hill? 
See, our words is different than the root words of Hebrew. Now, we can get close to it, but it'll still be a little bit different. And that's why the more you understand, the more powerful you become against the spirit of darkness. They don't want you to, to have any fear. So let's keep keep on reading here. Back to the 14th. It says, even the forgiveness of sin, in other words, being set free, in whom the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, and principalities, or powers, all things were created by him for him. So in other words, God the Son created everything for his Father. And so that's why he said, you are my son, and in you I am well pleased. Everything the son does, he does it for the father. And he is before all things, and by him are all things consist. In other words, if we get into the deep things of God, it's the Hebrew alphabet, which is the name of God, which is the name of his son, and everything was created by language, vibrations, sounds, and noise. Vibrations, frequencies and noise and everything consists of that so if you they got into what they call the string theory god then told us from the beginning and now the scientists is just not catching up with what god did and they're finally starting to realize everything had to have some somebody to create it there's nothing that's in this world that has not been created by a supernatural being then it says in the 18th and it says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. In other words, he's in charge of everything. He's the head. And the church means, it means a body of believers, not a building. It's a body of believers. All right? Now, we were dead in trespasses and sins, and we did not have a chance to be with God. But now, because of Jesus gave up his life, and he is the king of glory, gave up his life, then we're living through him. And because of that, we have authority, power, thrones, and dominions that operates in us to operate against the kingdom of darkness. We are alive by a quickening spirit. And the more you understand the quickening spirit in you and start walking in faith or in trust or in belief, that these things are for you, then you will change and you will change the reality of what you're going through. The 19th verse, it says, for it pleased the father that he should in all fullness dwell. That word dwell is the Hebrew letter. See, as I said, this, I look at the scriptures and I see Hebrew letters everywhere. The word dwell is another word for Beth. And Beth means house or dwelling place. So it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. In other words, the Father lived in the Son, and the Son lived in the Father, and the two are one. Having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile, reconcile all things unto himself by, I said, whether it be things in earth or things in heaven. 
Now, if you notice, it says all things, but all things don't mean all things. Because you notice it didn't say under the earth. It just said all things in heaven and things in, in the earth. That's because these two things are two planes are two realities that God created for the so we can be back with him and have fellowship. Now the third part, under the earth, that's that's the domain of hell. And they're not going to be reconciled back with us. In other words, the, the part down in hell is going to say one thing. It says, hell has enlarged itself. It used to be when the saints died. We go to the same place that the sinners were at, but there was a, a gulf between us. When God went down, uh, when Jesus died, went into the earth, he stayed there for three days and three nights. And when he rose, he uh, take out everybody that what the Catholic Church says, purgatory. Purgatory was emptied. So that enlarged hell because it was for the devil and his angels. But because we rebel, or not we now, because I changed, but because the people rebel and refuse to change, then their place is going to be right there in hell and then into the lake of fire next. All right. Then it says uh, the 21st, and you that were sometimes alienated or, or against and enemies in your mind by wicked work, yet you have uh, been reconciled. In other words, we used to operate in our own, uh, you know, before you get born again, you operate in your own wisdom, your own understanding, your own knowledge. And the Bible says, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all that way, and he will direct your path. In other words, the mind, which is in the head there, it receives signals from the heart. Now, people say, well, you mean the heart can think? Yes, it does. As I say, scientists are just now catching up with what God has already been telling about. The heart and the mind are two different beings, but they operate in the same body. When the uh, heart is into something, you, you can feel like if you've got a heartache, you don't feel that pain up in your head. You feel it in the middle of your chest. When you, you're scared, you feel that rushing in the middle of your chest. When uh, things are going joy, you can feel the bubbling over in the middle of your chest. The heart does think. But the thing is, the mind is the one who interprets what the heart is thinking. That's why we have to line up our mind, line up our heart with what the word of God says so that the joy of the Lord will be our strength and God will have joy in us and he will give us more joy. That's why we say he gives us life and life more abundantly. All right, let's keep on going here. 22nd verse. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. In other words, it said, as long as we do what God says, when it says righteousness, it means to do what is right then God presents this others to us. You are set apart, holy, unblameable. In other words, the things you done did wrong, God will blot it out. Unreprovable because you don't belong to Satan anymore. You belong to God himself. And he's watching over you. And it says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, 
and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature, which is under heaven. Wherefore, I, Paul, am made a minister or a server. In other words, he said, now listen, if you get rooted and grounded and settled and, and, and do not move away from the hope. Well, I've been praying and it ain't working. I've been praying and it ain't working. Listen, I know people that prayed for 10 years and they would not heal. Then all of a sudden, God healed them. All of a sudden, they, they, they get set free. There's other people who die in the faith. Doesn't matter. The Bible tells you these things. That some die in the faith, not having their prayers answered, but looking for something better, hope, more hope in the world to come. But this world is only a temporary world. We're just passing through here. When you really get the understanding that Satan is the god of this world, that this world is just a planet that we're passing through, we're pilgrims. This is not our home. And once we get to where we belong, the end of our journey, we're going to come back here to control or the rule over this earth. All right? 24, it says, And now rejoice in my suffering for you. Fill up that which is behind the, the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for my body's sake, which is the church. In other words, a body believer, you're going to go through things. There's trouble all around. A lot of times people talk about, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? They don't realize that every time we pray for somebody, virtue is going out of our body. But that's good because, hey, we're here to serve. That's what Paul says. I have made a minister or a servant. We're here to serve people. But don't take advantage of those people. Don't try to use them. Man, I need this. And, and you, what they used to have to say, they beg for what they want and then cry for what they need. Get what you need, and if the if you uh what you need, and if you need a want later, God can supply that too. But first of all, do what's right. Most of your time, you're going through stuff because you've been backbiting, you've been gossiping, you have uh, been stealing. Sometimes you can steal a person's uh what we call their the things about that person by saying things that's not right, or trying to find. A, Criticism about everybody. Listen, that's try to find things that's good for everybody. I don't. I don't try to find out what your dirty is or what your sin is. Your job, my job, is to show you. Hey, look, it's wrong. Let's do what's right. If I'm wrong, you need to correct me. Don't have to beat me in the head with the Bible. Get me to do what's right. That's all this is all about. Then it says, uh, the twenty fifth verse. Wherefore, I am made a minister or a servant according to the dispensation of God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. For the mystery which has been hidden from the ages, from generation, but are now made manifest or known to his saints. In other words, the old saints don't know as much as we did. Now, I'm not trying to say we're smarter than them. I'm just saying God is allowing more knowledge come into us. That's why it says the book of Daniel says those in the last days that knowledge shall increase. Well, they wasn't talking about just cars and planes and all this other thing, but it was talking about spiritual things will increase. That's why the devil's children, they got prepared. They've been searching and waiting on 
God to show their God to show them things. And here we are. Most times we say, well, God will take care of it. God will take care. And God said, listen, it's time for you to study and put your hands to the plow. That's why when Jesus gave us a thing, he always talks about people working, not sitting on the side of the road, working. A lot of times you got people that demon possessed in your presence and you don't know how to handle them because you're scared to say anything. And fear is of the devil. It's not of God. You need, you need to make them fearful. When you walk into a place, they may not know you're a Christian, but the power of God should be so strong on you, the anointing should give them a feeling, hey, there's something wrong. I don't think I better say those things that I normally say or do those things I normally do. And they'll start backing off because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. That's why it says greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. This is... Uh, the 27th verse is says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So who are the Gentiles? It's us who were brought in. We weren't born Jews. That's why they have 613 laws. We only have seven laws we have to keep. And it's hard enough to keep those seven laws. Could you imagine if he was Jewish and had to keep 613 laws every day? But if you walk in righteousness, you don't even have to have the, the laws written down. You'll know. One, you don't have no other God but God. Yahweh is our God. We don't serve no idols. We don't serve no idol worship. We don't uh, pray to idols or anything like that. And an idol can be your friend, your, your mate, or your children. But the thing is, you've got to understand, God is who you're supposed to be serving. We're here for his pleasure. And anything else that he does, good. If he doesn't do anything for us, good. Either way, we're here for his pleasure. Then it says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in our wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. In other words, we should be heavenly minded and not earthly minded. That's why it says Christ first. The prayer is coming from heaven down to us. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worked in me mightily. The more you can release yourself to the spirit of God, the stronger you will become. Then you will start knowing who you are in Christ. Who are you? You're the uh, created being for the pleasure of the most high God. Once you start doing that and realizing that you're here to serve him and not yourself, your joy ain't going to be coming by, oh, I need a new car. I need more money. I need this. I need that. He knows what you need. But the thing is, he wants to see if you will serve him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and stop Worrying about family, worrying about yourself, worrying about friends. Listen, worry does nothing but give you cancer. Worry gives you nothing but migraine headaches. Worry gives you all kinds of sickness. The Bible says the answer to sickness is one word, and that is joy. Joy. A merry heart. Joy is good as a medicine. God hides it, and then he puts it there and says, now read it and Sit there and contemplate or think or meditate. What is that saying? 
if I keep a joyful spirit, I might be sick, but that's all right. I'm still pleasing God. But if I'm moaning and complaining, I'm not pleasing him. I'm saying, God, you ain't a good God. You're not one that's going to be able to take care of me. I can find fault with you. That is not what you're here for. You're here to serve him. All right. A lot of times people argue in their families. Why is the wife arguing? Why is the husband arguing? Because you got spirits there that cause strife, anger, frustration, depression. But if you would stop trying to complain to your mate or complain with the people you're with and start saying, oh, Lord, I'm here to serve you. So let me get out of this slump. Let me get out of this. Why I'm so depressed. I think this witch is over here doing something. That witch over there is doing something. I had, uh, I've dealt with witches and stuff. And most times, if you don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. But if they mess with you, you're supposed to be able to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, you're supposed to put fear in those people. And that's what is supposed to happen. They're supposed to fear you. When you walk into a place, I don't care if there's 100 witches in there. You look around, you're supposed to be the spirit of God is in me. Greater is he who's in me. If I submit myself unto God, that means to read the word and speak the word. Then if I, if I speak the word and resist the devil, he will flee from me. It doesn't say you flee from God. He flees from you. But I tried it and it didn't work. That's because you tried it. It didn't work. Stop worrying about trying. Just do it. And if just keep on doing it over and over again. That's why it says, man, you're always praying not to stop or not to faint because he got it in you. When you took up the assignment and said, Lord, I'm going to serve you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, then God says, I'm, I'm going to be right there to help you. But if you're the one that turned your back on God and then ask God to do something for you, I need a new house, a new, new car. Listen, you ain't doing nothing but fooling yourself. Work for the Lord. The word is, I've done read it to you, told you who you are. You're a servant in the army of the Lord for him. And stop worrying about everybody else. All right. Has anybody got any questions tonight? Now, this is time to push uh, one on your telephone and click in and see what comments you have. How are you doing there, Dorothy? I am doing okay. You know, one thing that I thought of when you were saying that is, you know, you think about how we are created for his pleasure. Okay, so we can make the most high God, the creator of the universe and everything happy. Mm-hmm. We make him happy? Think about that. <laughs> It's kind of cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the main thing, because a lot of times people are all about themselves. Me, 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 instead of God, 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 God. We did not create God. God created us. And then he told us what he created us for, for his pleasure. Once you start, Once we start really operating in that, we'll see supernatural things happen. I've seen where I was riding down in the mountains. The rain was coming so heavy, I couldn't see. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to reach my hand up and I'm going to ask you to turn off the rain. 
And it, the Lord let me, like I was turning off the rain. The person was in the vehicle with me. They saw me do it. And the rain stopped instantly, instantly with big thunderstorm and everything instantly stops. That's because if you please God, God will take care of you. Make him happy. All right. I'm still waiting on anybody who has any calls. Want to ask any questions? Is that say you call them? You're already on the, the line. All you have to do is push one and it'll open up the line. And let me know you're there. Well, let's go to Colossians, the second chapter, and the first verse. Colossians, the second chapter, and the first verse. For I would have you know what great conflict I have uh, conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their heart might be comforted being needed together in love and with all riches of the fullness, reassurance of understanding and to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. And the word God also can mean the mystery of the word or mystery of the Bible or mystery of the gospel or mystery, mystery, mystery of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I mean, if you see that word H-I-D, hid, they're trying to let you know things are hidden, but you have to search it out for yourself. Take your time and study the word, and all of a sudden, God will start revealing things to you. Sometimes he'll give you supernatural revelation, supernatural revelation. There's no way you to know this. You haven't looked it up or anything. All of a sudden, you start to understand or know something. Then it says, the fourth verse, and this I said, at least any man should beguile you or trick you or deceive you with enticing words. Well, all you hear these people. Now, God wants you rich. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to do, listen, whatever God wants, he'll get you done. He wants you to serve him. That's what he wants. He wants people that's going to serve him. That's why it says in the book of uh, Matthew, where it says, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many, many go there. But narrow is the way, and straight is the gate that leads to eternal life, and only a few that find their way therein. This is something you got to look for. As I say, you can't sit on the sideline and think God's going to do something to you. You got to get up and do what he says, and watch out for these false prophets and false uh Teachers and stuff are always talking about money, money, money. Well, listen, live, they need to live by faith. And, or they used to live by faith. Well, they need to get back to living by faith. If God wants somebody to give you some finances for a building, I'm telling you, he will have somebody come up to you what you did not know and write out a check and give you the money that you need. But all these people buying things and getting things more for themselves, I got to re- get me a $3 million home. And here you got a neighbor down the street hungry, getting their lights turned off, the gas turned off, and don't even have a place to stay. And you sit up in a $3 million home. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Well, God wants us rich. Well, Jesus needs to be rich too, but he 
stayed out in the, uh, the deserts and stuff, mountains and stuff. Most of the prophets and prophets that you read in the uh, New Testament tell you they suffered. And they didn't end up getting new houses and stuff. Their reward came after they left here. Because I'm trying to tell you, the more you help people, the more it's going to be in heaven's time. Man, this man did this. This woman did that. I had an ex-wife that passed. And one of the things at the funeral, there were so many people there that came there. Her name was Rhonda Crawford. So many people came to that funeral talking about how many times she helped pray other people through and helped cut their grass and helped do other things when she wasn't even feeling good. But that's what I'm saying. We're here to honor God. That's what that word is to honor God. So let's start getting busy and honor God by helping the others. Then it says here, uh, in the sixth verse, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk you in him. In him. I mean, this is a lifestyle. This is not just I do it every five minutes or whatever I feel like it. It's a lifestyle. And you try to make yourself according to the word of God to be like him. Then the seventh verse says, rooted and building up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, at least any man spoil you or rob you through philosophy or vain deceit after the trans, uh, tradition of men, after the rudiment or principles of this world and not after Christ. In other words, don't be a Mr. Worldly Wise trying to learn things or to handle it in the natural. You need to be in the supernatural. The only way you get in the supernatural, you start to show love to people and do things for people and stop worrying about taking care of you or your family. If you take care of somebody else's family, God will take care of yours. For in him dwelt in all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, when they met Jesus, they met God himself, the creator of the heaven and the earth. They just didn't know it. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers, in whom you have circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off, pulling off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein you shall rise with him through faith of the operation. Watch that word operation of God who has raised him from the dead. In other words, people say, well, how do we baptize? We need to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. No, we need to baptize in Jesus' name only. We need to listen. It is a representation of that you're surrendering your life and say, Lord, I want to follow you. So if you really study it out, you'll find out, they say, well, it was added on. Baptized in the name of the Father and the Son. That's what John the Baptist did already. Named, uh, I mean, he baptized in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. But when Jesus got glorified, they added his name to it. So a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, what baptism were you baptized in? Well, I was baptized in John's baptism. What is John's baptism? I was baptized in the name of the Father and the Holy Ghost. Well, then he told me, he said, well, all you need now is to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So they have all these doctors. They have these 
things that man needed. Listen, just participate. Do what the word says. The Bible says in your Bible, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Don't try to figure it out. Just do what he said to do. And watch how your blessings will come in. The blessings come in through obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offering. So let's keep on going to 12th chapter, I mean 12th verse. Buried with him in baptism, whether that wherein you are risen with him through faith of the operation, operation of God, whom raised him from the dead. So that's what you're looking for, to be raised from the dead. I'm participating in my death, burial, and now the resurrection of the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of God, and I'm being resurrected unto him through the same power of the Spirit. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcised of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiveness of all trespasses. That quickening is a quickening spirit to be made alive. That's what it means. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary toward us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people say, well, we don't have to obey the uh, laws anymore because he nailed the uh, things to the cross. But it says ordinances. In other words, do not touch this. Do not eat that. Uh, you got to uh, kill a dove. You got to kill a, 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 a goat. You got to kill a lamb. That's been taken out of the way. We don't have to do that. Jesus was our sacrifice. He's the one who blotted that out by putting it on the cross that was contrary to us. Now we don't have to worry about that. All we have to do is learn to live what is right and do what is right and please the Lord. All right. And it says, having Paul principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. In other words, they would say, well, you don't do this on the Sabbath day. You don't do that on the Sabbath day. Jesus said, you do what is good on the Sabbath day. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He said, my, my father worked and so do I. But he was talking about good things. The reason they were punished in the Old Testament about doing things on the Sabbath day, they were out there trying to increase their own finances and stuff. So in other words, they went out for more manna. They, they was out working, trying to make more cash. And God said, listen, I gave you six days to work. I want that body to rest, a day rest. In other words, when you do something for somebody else and, and you ain't charging no money and stuff, that's pleasure. That's joy. And that gives God joy. All right? All right, let's keep on going. The 16th verse, it says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of holy days or in new moons or in Sabbath days, which is a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. In other words, he said, now listen, all those ordinances that was against us and stuff, you know, don't drink wine, don't drink this, don't eat that. Listen. He said, I've taken that out of the way. I just want you to learn to take care of people, to be nice to people, be nice to your family, be nice to everybody else. Live honestly. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Learn to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you do those things, those other things will 
we ain't got to worry about until the new millennium. Because then they will have the arrest days again. They will have all the things that, that should be going on. In other words, if you notice, it says, let no man judge you in me. Well, uh, most Jews, I ain't going to say all Jews, but a lot of Jews, they eat pork. Especially get them some ribs or in drink or in respect of holidays or holy days. In other words, they celebrate days that bring happiness. And that's what God wants us to do, to be happy. Learn to be happy. Because if you do, that way you help others. Somebody try to call in? Dorothy? Uh, no, we're good. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Do you have any comment on what I've said so far? Um, just that, you know, that's a very, this whole thing about let no one judge you in meat or drink or whatever, meat sacrifice to idols. It's, like it's so easy for us to get caught up in the weeds of what's yeah. really not important, you know, because that's not what being a Christian is about, is, you know, sitting there and fussing, oh, that one over there is not doing this, and that one over there just ate a pork chop. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. just not what it's about. And, you know, that, and a lot of us do get hung up on that stuff. I've seen it. Yeah. That's why I tell people, I say, listen, study it for yourself. Don't let me just give it to you. Read the rest of the scriptures. There's more around it, and it will explain. The Bible always interprets or explains itself. But we have to take our time to read it all and not say, okay, this is the doctrine. This is it. We got to say this is exactly it. No. You know, saying one of the doctrines that, I mean, one of the commandments for the Gentiles, which is us, is not to eat any meat sacrificed to idols. And somebody knows it. So in other words, if somebody give me some food and I ain't seen them pray over it and stuff, it ain't my problem. My job is to pray over the food and I eat it and keep on going. Because he says, the only reason I would not eat it is for conscience sake. So I don't offend somebody else. In other words, oh, Look at them. They're praying a Buddhist prayer over this food. And that means it's a cursed food. Well, if you you praying a Buddhist food over my food and stuff, I'm not going to eat it. Because I don't want you to uh, think, well, I'll just go wishy-washy to anything. No, I stand for something. I stand for the God that I serve. But if you don't tell me you done prayed over and everything, I'm going to pray over it and I'm getting ready to eat. That's on some ribs. All right? Then it's, you remember I told you, we ain't to worry about all the rest of it until the millennium coming. That's what, see, if you don't know the millennium, you don't understand what's about to be said, then you would not understand the 17th, which it says, which are shadows of things to come, but the body is of Christ. In other words, it said these things will be done in the future. The shadow is not here yet. You see the sun comes over and the shadow casts out before you. All right. 18, it says, let no man beguile you or trick you out of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. In other words, you worship Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, and all the rest of those angels, and you're not supposed to worship them. They're there to help you. God has sent them to 
minister to you, in, uh, inter, uh, introducing unto them things which has not seen, vain puffed up by his uh, fleshly mind. Some people say, well, I see Michael talk to me and I see Gabriel talk to me and stuff. Wait a minute. Is it really Michael? Is it Gabriel? Because the Bible says Satan can appear as an angel of light. So we need to know the truth. Is this something God gave me or is this the devil giving me or is this my own mind doing this? And now holding to the head, which is Jesus, from which all the body by joint and hands, bands, having nourished ministry, knitted together, increased with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiment of the world, why though living in the world, you are subject to the ordinance. Remember, we just got through that God take the ordinance, he's nailed to the cross. And here's one of the things, taste not, touch not, handle not, which are all to perish with the use, using after the commandments and doctrines of men. In other words, when you get through eating pork, it goes out the, out the back end. It ain't supposed to stay everything that you eat goes out. So stop worrying about that. The main thing is, hey, if it gives you high blood pressure, then you need to stay away from it. Some people can't eat grapes and they get sick. So if you can't eat grapes, stay away from it. But others that can eat uh, pork, can eat, uh, eat lamb, eat anything and just enjoy it, he thanks God for what God has given to him and keep on going. It says, uh, the 23rd, which things we have indeed a show of wisdom in well, in well worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the sanctifying of the flesh. In other words, you remember what I was telling you about we're supposed to do things that's going to honor God. God wants to be honored. And I don't blame him. He's, he's a king. If you walk into a, a king's place overseas and you, hey, king, how you doing? Just walking up there, you liable to get killed. And our God is more than that. He's the king of the universe. All right. Oh, is there anybody out there got any questions to ask now? This is we just finished two chapters of Galatians so far. Well, there's nobody out there want to ask a question or say either I'm right or wrong in what I've been teaching. As I say, it's an open forum. I think there might be a question. Let me open this mic. Come on, Mike, open up. Area code nine one three. Do you have a question? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I right. I've had a friend that uh, he he has been told that he is a prayer warrior, and he would like to know what does that consist of. And what is he supposed to do? He doesn't understand. Okay. The word word prayer warrior is one who stands in the gap, what we call an intercessor. 
And they don't just do it once or twice. Usually a prayer warrior or intercessor will be an intercessor for a long time. So when they tell me I'm a prayer warrior, I like to see their, as they say, I'm not trying to criticize them or anything. I like to see their credentials. What have you done to show me, you know, that you are a prayer warrior? Like uh, this one guy, he went into a hospital and he prayed for everybody in the hospital. You know how long that took? <laughs> That's an all-day thing. But he never stopped. He kept on praying. And the more you pray, the stronger the anointing becomes upon you. And this is where you'll know if you're really a prayer warrior or not. Is God answering in your prayer? Are you seeing the sick healed? Are you seeing demons coming out of folks? That's when you know you are a prayer warrior. You can pray, but you're not a prayer warrior until you see these miracles happen. God confirmed you by doing this. That's why I said, you know, when they were talking about Jesus, Jesus was a prayer warrior. When he went out, miracles happened. And they said, you know, he must be a man from God because God doesn't answer sinners' prayer. What's a sinner's prayer? A sinner is one who's talking about pray for me, 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 me. That's all they're looking at is their ego. But a intercessor is a gentle, quiet person. In fact, most times you won't even know they're praying for you. They are, uh, what they say, humble type person. So did I answer your question? Uh, well, he was he was told that by a prophet. He was a a prayer warrior, and that—that's what threw him off. He's, because he's, he was never, you know, you talk about um, a body of work, but he's never, he never considered himself one. So that's what kind of threw him off with that. Uh huh. Just because a person says they're prophet or prophetess doesn't mean they always move it in the spirit realm. Sometimes they they prophesy out of their heart, and because of that, they're thinking that God is saying this, but God has not spoke that to them, and they're going to have to give an account for that too. Because the Bible says that every idle word you got to give an account for it, and if you prophesy something and it doesn't come to pass and it's not God, you're going to get punished for it. That's why, you know, nowadays when people say, I'm a prophet, a prophetess and stuff, I wouldn't run around telling nobody of that because the Bible says kill those people when their prophecy doesn't come to pass. Right. Did they answer that question? Yes. And then I've got, a, I've got another question. I have a, uh, a friend who's supposed to be an evangelist, and he is just... I guess he doesn't know how to start. So uh-huh. what would your what would your uh, advice be to him? Okay. Now I knew Oral Roberts personally, and before he started being an evangelist, he studied the gospel of all four gospels over and over again. I've got if he if he did it seven or eight times before he started going out there to minister. So the first thing. He needs to do, or she needs to do either one. They need to go ahead and study the gospel. 
understand what does the gospel say and be able to give an answer to every man or woman who asked or a boy or girl who asked them about what does it mean to be saved. And that, if I was them, I would fast also. Uh, you can do a, a Daniel fast where you only eat certain things. You can do a uh, uh, another type of fast, an Esther fast, which is a three-day fast. Or you can do a water fast or a fruit fast. You know, it's according to whatever the Lord tells you to do. Don't let somebody else tell you, well, the Lord tells me that you need to go on a 40-day fast. I'm a prophet. Well, God ain't told me to go on a 40-day fast. He was telling you. If God wants me, he will tell me. God can talk. And so, as I said, to get ready for that, I would, as I said, do that the fast. I would study the the four Gospels over and over again. And then I would, uh, like when I first went into evangelism, I was in a church. And the person approached me and asked me, he said, uh, the Lord said. In other words, he didn't say it. He said, the Lord said for you to preach today. Now, I've only been saved about three days, and he didn't know. I didn't know nothing about no preaching, but I had been studying uh, the gospel and the stuff, and I got up to preach on uh, the blood of Jesus, and that was my one of my first sermons. So God will have somebody come and get you. You don't have to come out and make yourself known. God will make you known. All right. Is there any other questions? No, that's it. All right, sir. Well, thank you, and uh, you did a good job. And uh, I heard, you know, listen to your uh, ministry on that the pebbles, throwing the pebbles into the water and bringing out the ripples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Quite a few people said they enjoyed that. Well, you have a blessed day, and I'll talk with you later. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Anybody else they want to? Click in there. Don't say we done read Hold on a second. Of... Hold on. I'm just, yeah. I didn't open the mic yet. Harry code 816. You have a question? Yes, I do. All right. How are you Good doing? Evening, I'm blessed. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, my question is, can you tell me what an exhorter is? Um, I have been licensed to be an exhorter, so I, okay. I kind of looked it up, but I really would like to know really what a, an exhorter is. Okay. Another word, as I tell you, with Hebrew words, it can be 10 different words and stuff. And with English words, we don't always translate it correctly. The word exhorter mm-hmm. is one who uh, encouraged people. Like Barnabas, he was an encourager. Okay. And that's what, when they somebody say that you're an exhorter, you're the one that's supposed to be encouraging people. Okay. So, but as I say, with, with English words, it could be, you know, it could say a little bit different when you're looking in the uh, uh, books and stuff like that. But if you look into the Greek, I mean not Greek, but a Hebrew, the basic word, and you'll find that it's one who encouraged somebody. Mm-hmm. So you can encourage a whole bunch of people 
uh, I'll give you an example. You know, uh, there's some people whose ministry is just encouragement. You never see no miracles happen there or anything else, but they encourage people to do things. And I mean good things. I don't mean bad things. But they're exhorters. They're encouragers. Did I answer your question? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. You have any other questions? That's all I have for now. All right, then. Well, you have a blessed day, Mary. All righty. Praying for you for your healing. All righty. Thank you. Amen. Now, how do I get out of this? I think you need one again. I'm just going to close your mic. Okay. Thank you. Great. I'm so glad to hear from friends of mine and stuff that y'all asking questions and stuff. Uh, it really means a lot to me. Because, like, as I say, I'll be, I be learning the same time y'all be learning. Sometimes I really do not know the answer until the Holy Spirit speaks and tells me the answer. And he doesn't usually speak and tell me the answer until you ask the question. And then later on, I'll remember what the Holy Spirit brought to me. And that's how I learned. Just like you're learning, I learned too. All right. Just like with me teaching on this Colossium, I was not planning on that. And then all of a sudden the Lord told me, you need to read this. Because a lot of people don't read these things. They read over them, but they won't read them. Like that word Timotheus. Uh, how many people knew that it means to honor, to honor. So in other words, when it says Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and honor of our brothers, in other words, to the saints. In other words, there it is. It interprets itself and the faithful brethren in Christ. We're here to encourage, and that's what she just asked about exhorting, encourage. Ourselves, that's a good thing to ask right here on the same same thing what I'm teaching on. <laughs> Show you how God operates. All right. Chapter three. If you be raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, which Christ stands on the right hand of God. In other words, uh, you have this Bible interpret. First of all, it says that uh, if you, if ye, if you, then be risen with Christ, and that means in the heavenlies. And then it explains to you, seek those things which are above, the heavenlies, where Christ stands. And it's, it's a TH in the uh, King James, which means it's a continuous thing, that Christ standeth on the right hand of God. Well, what is the right hand? Right hand is power. Also, it also means logic. God created everything through wisdom and understanding and knowledge. God is a logical God. Set your affections on the things above and not on the things of this earth. Don't be so earthly minded, you're no heavenly good. Most times people say, don't be so uh, heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Listen, I'd rather be no earthly good and be heavenly minded than to be the opposite. For you are dead and your life is hidden in Christ in God. When Christ who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify, destroy, kill, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil covetousness, 
which is idolatry. Now, if you took this by literally what it says, a lot of times, well, this is what it says literally. Now, let's look at it. Mortify, therefore, your members, which are up on the earth. In other words, kill them. Now, we ain't talking about your mother, your father, your sister, and brother. We're talking about parts that belongs in you. We're talking about emotional stuff. And it says, which are up on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, gay or homosexual, evil constantness, always trying to find something bad about somebody, covetous, I want their house, I want their car, I should get it just because like God got one for them, they should get one for God should get one for me. Stop all that. Stop it. Learn to be humble. Jesus said, study of me. He said, I am meek and lowly, humble. And like Daniel came on early, he said, you can be meek, but you ain't got to be weak. All right? For which things sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in, in the which you also walked sometimes where you lived in them. In other words, you used to do all these things you ain't supposed to. You're supposed to be killing those things each day. I shouldn't be walking the, the, the things that I walked in last year or the year before or the year before then. If I was a thief, I should stop being a thief. If I was lazy, I need to stop being lazy. I should do those things that's pleasing in God's eyesight because he created me for his pleasure. It says in the eighth verse, it says, now, but now you also put off all these. Here's, here's the uh, emotions, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, out of your mouth. These things that come, that's your emotion going off. Is I say, yeah, you're gonna get mad sometimes. You just get angry sometimes. You're gonna get upset, but don't stay there. Is I say, I practice forgiving people before they even say something, because most times people won't even ask you to forgive them. They just go over you, and they know they did you wrong. But you got to remember, you done did your part. You done forgave them, so God can forgive you. That's what we're doing it for. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please God. That's why it says, if I can prove it to God. In other words, what I do, I do it in the name of Jesus. I Whatever I accomplish, it's in the name of Jesus. In other words, I'm giving it to the Lord. I ain't did nothing, but he did it. All right, let's keep on going here. This is uh, the um, sixth verse. It says, for which things sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. So we already talked about that. Let's go down to the uh, ninth verse. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. If you have been lying, stop lying. Not even a little lie. But it's just a little lie. You're lying, still lying. It says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. And put on the new man where is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In other words, Jesus created us. He didn't create us to be liars. He created us to be like him, to put on the knowledge of him and act like him and think like him. And all of a sudden, you'll find that your heart will change. That's why it says, create within me a clean heart and renew the right mind. The mind, you remember, there's two different beings, the heart 
and the mind. The heart thinks. The heart thinks. It sends out signals. The mind picks it up and interprets. The reason we have people right now that they're disconnected from their heart and their soul. That's why they're not talking. They can't speak and stuff like that. But if we learn through the spiritual realms of what God has created and do what God says, we'll be able to speak those things and they should connect back up again. All right. Then it says, for there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Sicilian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. These are what you're supposed to be. This will change your reality. If, if People always wonder, what's going to happen tomorrow? You don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. Well, what's going to happen to me today? You don't know if you're going to be here the next second. Stop worrying. Uh, uh, things I taught my people at church If you worry, don't pray If you pray, don't worry You can't please God worrying But you can please God and say Lord, it's in your head And I ain't going to even worry about it I'm not even going to think about it In fact about it, if you answer my prayer, good If you don't answer my prayer, good Happiness, you hear me? But that seems fake uh, Listen, did you create God or did God create you? Then it says, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man has a call against any, even as Christ forgave you, so you also do. And above all things, put on charity. Charity is another word for love, which is in the bonds of perfection. Love perfects things. Love drives out fear. Love drives out hate. Love drives out what what I gotta love. You gotta love the word more than you love yourself. You gotta love the word above your family. You got to love the word. When people tell me I put God first, all I do is most saying, Well, how do you put him first? But I don't want to embarrass nobody. How do you put him first? Well, I give my tithes and I give my offerings and I pray for people and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I pray for people. I give my tags. I, I, we have I, a hand raised. We have okay. a hand raised. Um, 816-739. Yep. Did you have a question? Hello? Yes. Hello. Do you Hello? have a question? Yeah, can I have you hear the me? mic open. I hear you. We hear you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Hey, Pastor James. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Everybody's asking me, and I'm telling them all the same. I'm doing wonderful. But greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I'm doing wonderful. That's good. All right. Hey, how, what did you... How, how does the... How would it... Uh, what happens if a person gets turned over to a reprobate mind and... and, and and what what how does that work? Okay. The Bible talks about being turned over to a reprobated mind to where you think evil is good and good is evil and you can't tell the difference. That's reprobated. In other words, 
your uh uh the what they say is uh the good inclination versus the bad inclination, but you'll mm-hmm. know the difference. But God takes that out of the out of the way that where you cannot tell the difference. So that's why it's so bad when people up there, I hear people talking about, well, I don't care if God decided to put Trump as the president. I didn't like what God did. Listen, you didn't create God. But you do you know what Trump has been doing in this? Listen, you didn't create God. And so they don't got to be so reprobated they forget that we're here to serve God. And they're thinking about what they think or what they feel. Can I answer your question? Yeah, so they're not putting God on the forefront there. They're 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 just trying to handle everything themselves, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, they think good is evil and evil is good. They can't tell the difference. And it's a bad thing because if they can't tell the difference, they'll never be able to judge correctly. The Bible says, judge not, least you be judged. But it says those that are spiritual judges all things and themselves are not judged by any because the spirit moves in them. It gives them a correct way of seeing things versus a reprobated man. He can't see the right. All he can see, whatever I think is, and most times he's going to be wrong what he's thinking or she's thinking. And they're going to think that's the right way to think. So what does a person have to do to get put to a reprobate mind? Uh, the way a person gets to be a, to a reprobated man, one of the things is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they know God did the miracle. They knew it was the Holy Ghost that did the miracle, and they were saved. Now, you hear the, the thing, they were saved. You cannot be claimed, uh, you will not be judged as blaspheming the Holy Ghost if you're not saved. But they yeah. were saved. And they knew it was the spirit of God, and they said the devil did it. Mm. What other way? Another way is to uh, keep practicing the same sin over and over and over again. Then God will let you go into a reprobated mind on that. In other words, a person that looks at pornography, and they keep judging, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, God ain't going to judge me for that. And he keeps telling you, leave it alone. Stop looking at it. You'd be surprised how many preachers called me. I'm telling you the truth. How many preachers called me saying they have problems with pornography? And not only the, them, but the uh, members in the church. Because if you're under a preacher or under somebody who's in charge of you, family members, stuff, you stay around what they're practicing, you'll end up doing it yourself. Well, no, no, my mind wouldn't let me go. I'm trying to tell you. You stay around that person, and all of a sudden, you become a reprobated mind. That's a couple, three ways there that can happen. But it can be more than one. Well, I think you answered my question then. Okay. Well, you have a blessed day. Well, you do the same, Pastor. All right. And good to hear from you, Doug. Yep, I got your I got your message earlier. I was I, I was away, but uh, and I uh, but I'll talk to you later. Okay, as I said, I appreciate all of y'all. They call in and everything. It makes my time goes a lot faster, and I love for y'all to ask questions where 
believe it or not, I have to have the Holy Spirit give me the answer. <laughs> it acts like I know, but I don't. It's the Holy Spirit that be talking to me while I'm talking to y'all. And I learn just as fast as y'all do. Well, that's fine. All right. Well, you have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you later. The same thing. You too, Dorothy. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Anyone else? No, I've been thinking about that reprobate mind stuff a lot lately because, you know, I watch the news and I'm watching the impeachment hearings and I've been praying for Nancy Pelosi to get her act together and these Democrats that are just misbehaving so terribly. And I've actually seen, as I watch and pray for them, a physical, a difference in their physical appearance Mm-hmm. Like they're being turned over to a reprobate mind because, you know, I keep thinking, well, maybe we need to get all those Democrats and a certificate to an English as a second language course, you know? <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the impeachment thing is about, uh, if you know, if you get down to the very basic, it's about uh, Trump asking another nation about information on somebody that belongs to the United States. In other words, uh, what's his name? Joe Biden, right? And that has right. nothing to do, it has nothing to do with overthrowing our nation. It has nothing to do with changing our, our money and stuff. It has nothing to do by letting them into our country. It was about information on Joe Biden. Because we don't know what that they were trying to, uh, what he's trying to find out about Joe Biden. Just because the person's in the White House, just because the person's been uh, the vice president or been secretary of state, doesn't mean that they belong to us. A lot of times they can belong to other nations. And here they done got high into the White House. Like they claimed uh, uh, Khrushchev before he got dead. He was uh, the, the, the head of the, uh, Russia. Well, that he... He might have been a Russian, he might have been a spy for the United States, but see, people don't know that. So that's what I'm saying. Now here we had a, a man that was in charge, and uh, whatever's in your leader becomes a part of your nation. So if you notice, when we had three sex everywhere, all of a sudden the nation becoming sexual active and stuff. Now before, when we had presidents like Truman. And uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower and stuff, people are respectful. Not even the TV would use any profane languages and stuff. But as soon as you get somebody who's liberal, boy, everything gets being able to say. They're able to do anything. And people don't realize these are demonic spirits operating through those leaders, which is coming down through from the head, entering into the body, which is the people of the United States. So before they get to complaining about about what uh, uh, Trump is doing, they need to find out what is the thing that they're saying about Trump, and you'll find out it's nothing about except they were uh, he was. Now I don't know if he did it or not, but they said he was trying to use other government to investigate Joe Biden and his son. So well, you know and the thing is, before, before if we look at the transcript. If you look at the transcript of the call, there is none of that in there. But he was mm-hmm. trying to get 
so nasty stuff went on in the 2016 election. And a lot of it was not just Russia, it was Ukraine. And uh-huh. he just wanted the guy to look at that. And um, we have a treaty with them that, you know, we are supposed to help each other in our investigations, our criminal investigations. So even if it was in there, if we did say that, it goes along with the treaty, you know? So. Uh-huh. Because he didn't do anything wrong. And I'll tell you, this, this this impeachment inquiry is starting to make my head hurt. And it's like you can't. I go on Fox News so I can have some news, not just all this, you know, impeachment inquiry stuff. I don't think it's mm-hmm. that newsworthy at this point because it's nothing but a bunch of nonsense. But, yeah, um, look at all the money they uh, spend this. Yeah. All that money. They could be so, helping the poor and stuff. They could be doing the job they were put there to do. Yeah. You know? And I'm stuck yeah. here in Connecticut with two Democrat representatives. And I oh, know full well. Because I've done it before. You write them and say, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. This is not good. And they say, oh, well, we know better. And, you know, so it's, it's frustrating. Some other people go, people that they hadn't thought about come start running for their position. <laughs> and they're going to have to be needed. I know, I know. I'll... This guy that we have, Blumenthal, he was such a good attorney general. He's a lousy congressman. <laughs> <laughs> what do they well, say? They, you. they graduate you above your ability? Is that what that is? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the main thing is they always talk about politics and religion are not supposed to mix. I keep trying to ask one question. Are you God? Because God started that first with David being the priest and the king. And in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, it says that we'll be kings and priests. So if you don't want your kingship and your priestship, then let alone, I'll be the king and I'll be the priest, according to what God's word says. In other words, we were created for God's pleasure. They need to stop looking at this wrongly because just like my friend asked earlier about the reprobated man, they get into reprobation. And when they get before God, they're going to have no excuse. God's going to say, did you not listen to my prophets? Did you not listen to my prophetess? Did you not listen to my teachers? That this was all about me, not about you. All right. Oh, anybody got criticism to call in, you can let me right. see. Let's. Yeah, it looks like. Okay. Yep, we're clear. You're clear to keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt right, you, yeah. but. We're doing good here, Will. I think we're going to make it all the way through. Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to think where I was at last. Let's see, third chapter and. Uh, Okay, keep going on down, 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 forward. Okay, let's go to the 14th verse. Third chapter in the 14th verse. And above all things, put on charity, which I told you is love, which is the bound of perfection. And let the peace of God rule 
rule or be in charge of your heart to which also you have are called into one body and be you thankful. In other words, we're supposed to be here for peace. Peace, that's why it says pray for the peace of Jerusalem for those that praise them would prosper. What is the, why are we praying for the peace of Jerusalem? Because we've got to know what the word Jerusalem means. As I say, every word God hides, it has a meaning. And it means foundation of peace. We're supposed to pray for foundation of peace. We're here to get along with each other as best we can in one body. Well, I don't want to be like everybody else. Listen, you're going to be like everybody else if you're going to make it into heaven. Because God's going to get rid of the opposite the people that go the opposite of him. Now, let's read what it says here, the 16th verse. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in all wisdom. And then it tells you how to do this in wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in songs, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Now, as a, as a denomination... And I'm not trying to pick on denomination. I just want you to know the truth. Well, the truth will make you free. It says they don't have no musical instruments. And it's called the Church of Christ. Then there's other churches. They say, well, we're the right church. Listen, I haven't found the right church yet. Everybody's still learning, including my own. So that's why I say, but let's put the word to operate. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. You, not the rest of the body of the Christ, in you richly in all wisdom. Then it says by teaching and admonishing or encouraging one another. There's that word uh, ex exhortation, ex encouraging one another in psalms, which is a the word psalms being musical instruments, drums and stuff like that, string instruments and stuff. And if you read the psalms, you'll find how he, he, he tries to get us to be as one, to love one another. Then it says in hymns and spiritual songs, like, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. The blood songs, that's what helps you when you're doing deliverance against demons. They hate to hear the blood of Jesus. Singing with grace in your heart. And remember I told you the heart is a being that thinks in the middle of your chest, which sends signals up to your brain, which is your mind. And whatsoever you do in words, our deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. In other words, whatever you're doing, make sure that you can give God the glory. Now, here you out of the club getting drunk, and you say, well, I thank God for that I can get drunk. That is not thanking God. It's not honoring God. That's what the Bible talked about in the beginning. Honoring, honoring, honoring God. Now, the things that you do, is, is it going to honor God or not? That's why it says, giving thanks. He's trying to warn you. If you give him thanks, do it all in the name, which, which means the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Then it comes into this next thing, which is really surprising. Here that God is talking all about that. But if once you put it all together, you'll understand. It comes up with his wives. Submit yourself to your own husband as is fitting the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in, the, in all things. For this well-doing pleases unto the Lord. 
Fathers, provoke not your child to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey all in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service nor man-pleasing, but in a singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Remember that word, inheritance. This is something that means going to, you're going to get at the end. For you serve the Lord Christ. But he that does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done. And there's no respecter of persons. You know, a lot of times, people don't realize when he God said that, submit, he was trying to tell us, this is the way I want the order of the church to go. He said, the man first, the wife, and then the man's supposed to got to go back to the man. You got to love your wife. Well, I, I love her. No, he made it even clear. Don't be bitter against her. In other words, try to make your wife happy. A happy wife is a happy life. A miserable wife and you got hell in your hands, all right? Children, obey your parents in all things, because you're trying to learn what their, your parents are supposed to be there teaching you. Or it's well-pleasing, and you'll have long life. I know it's my family. Most of the people in my family live to 80 and 90 years old, but you don't hear them cussing out their parents and stuff like that. I mean, my parents, right now, my mother's still alive, and she's 96. My father... If he hadn't been smoking cigarettes, he was a good father and everything. He died at 70. But a lot of people nowadays are dying at 35, 40. They, the kids are out there buying their own uh, gravestones and stuff and everything. Because if you notice, keep going back. You find that they, they disrespected their parents. They disrespected the elders and stuff. And these things have come against you. That's why I said uh, uh, servants, don't do it as an eye I service or man's pleasing, but in singleness of heart, I keep trying to tell you the heart can think in sincerity, fearing God, not fearing the people you're working for, but fearing God. And it says, whatever you do, do it heartily. In other words, do it happily. So the, you know, the worst thing to do is be at a job and be mad all day long. You work and you're mad when you went in, you're mad when you come out, you go home, you're mad. But if you go in there with a, a happy smile and say, okay, I, I know this might be a day of testing. I know I might have problems with that, but I'm going to smile anyway and keep on going because I'm here to do what God wants me to do. I ain't worried about man. And here's the thing, what we call karma sometimes. Whatever you plant, you'll reap. You do good to people, eventually good's going to come back to you. You do evil to people, eventually evil's going to come back to you. And then it says in that 25th verse, it says, that uh, there's no respecting of persons. A lot of times people use that uh, that scripture and say, well, if God did this for them, he'll do it for me. No, he won't. God does what he wants to do. I keep trying to tell you, he made this world for himself. But he's no respecter of persons if you're supposed to be serving God and you're doing evil. That's what happened to David. David was supposed to be serving God and killed a man, took his wife, knocked her up. And what happened? Even though he begged and fasted and everything else, God still let that baby die. He let him die. No respecter of person. All right. Well, let's continue on here. 
see, we're at the fourth chapter, and it says, Masters, give unto your servant uh, that what is just and equal, knowing that you have a master in heaven. In other words, do what's right, even you, all you owners and stuff, because you're going to get judged when you get there. I don't care how much money you think you can take to heaven. I guarantee not a penny will go with you. It'll all be right here. Continue in prayer and watch into the same with thanksgiving. Thank God for everything you got. Thank God for things you're going to get. Withdraw, uh, with all prayer, also for us, that God would open up a door of utterance or to speak of the mysteries of Christ, which I am also in bonds. In other words, I keep trying to tell you, God has things. He puts it in there and let the Bible interpret itself, but you got to spend time studying it. And then once you start to learn, you start speaking the word, the devil will start fearing you. That's why he said he will run from you. It doesn't say he runs from God. He runs from you. That you may, that they may make it manifested as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Let your speech be also with grace seasoned with salt that they may know that you uh how you ought to answer every man. In other words, you've got to be nice and kind as much as you can, but you've got to also correct correct people. But if you don't tell them the truth, they'll just well, it didn't seem like it you believed in it, so why should I believe in it? Listen, God is God all by himself. He don't need me, I need him. Then it says in all my state, shall Theophilus uh, declare to you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. Now, I'll be glad when God tell me all that to me. <laughs> I want to be that beloved brother, a faithful servant and a fellow servant. Yes. Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might... Uh, Known your estate and comfort your heart. For one another, a faithful and beloved brother, whom is one of the one of you, they shall be made known unto you all things which are done here. In other words, as I try to teach you just now, the secrets of God, the hidden mysteries of God, and that is do what is right. That's what they were sent there for to teach the people to do what is right. And as you start to get a, a, a knowledge, you'll find out knowledge will bring in power. People perish for lack of knowledge. They are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But knowledge is power, and it will give you life if you obey and seek the word. Don't do it on your own. Seek the word. If it says humble yourself, humble yourself. Don't argue, don't argue. Don't fuss, don't, no strife. Learn to love people. When people are mad at you, don't look at them and be mad back. Just say, Lord, help me get through this. Let me do what's right. And then if you can, start smiling. If you can, start a conversation. I got a cousin. When me and her get, in the, get into a debate, we don't like, like what we said. Shoot. By the next hour or something, we don't even know what we talked about. We talking to something else. Change the conversation. If you keep on the conversation, you're the devil. So I'm letting you know. Whoever don't want to change the conversation, I'm going to be praying for you. And you say, well, you can't, you don't know who I am, but you don't know the God that I serve either then. All right. It says, the 10th verse, Art Eter, us, my fellow prisoner, salute you, and Marcus, sister, son of Bar Barnabas, in touching 
whom you receive commandments, if he comes, and you will receive him. And Jesus, which is called uh, justice, are one of the circumcisions, the only one of my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been comfort unto me. Now, if you notice what it says, and Jesus, which is called justice. In other words, the name Jesus is the word for for salvation or God with us, Emmanuel and stuff. But see, the original name was justice. So that's why I said with Hebrew words, it can change. I'm trying to tell you, the Bible is telling it to you. It Words will change, but it means something. Always look it up if you can. Then it says, eat a friend who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, also laboring feverishly for you in prayer, that it may be uh, may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. You notice it says, labor feverishly. That's another word for prayer warrior. Somebody who continuously pray. Don't pray without ceasing. They always, and how do you, can you pray without ceasing? You can have your mind stayed on the Lord. If I say something to somebody, I'm already thinking, what, is, what would the Lord say? If I'm getting ready to answer somebody, what would the Lord say? If I'm getting ready to do something, what would the Lord do? You know, there's a saying, used to be out, do what Jesus do. That's the best way of having your mind stayed on the Lord. Always thinking, what would he do? And try to do it. And the only way you're going to do that, you have to read the scriptures. You have to have the gospel in you. It says, I bear record of him that with a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hyperopolis, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brothers which are in Laodicea, Nephite, and the church which is in his house. A lot of people say, I don't believe in church houses. Well, the Bible says that they they are the ones who started it. And with this epistle is read among you because it is to be read also in the church of Laodicea. And likewise, read the epistle or letter from Laodicea. And say unto Archippus, take heed or take warning to the ministry which thou hast received of the Lord and from the Lord that thou fulfill it. The solution, uh, salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bond, grace unto you, amen. And the word amen in Hebrew actually means the truth. So every time you say amen, you're saying that's the truth. So be careful in what you say amen to when you be listening to these preachers. Yes, God wants you, God wants you rich. You better read what God says for yourself. Before you say amen. All right. And then one of the other things, remember, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Now, some of you have entertained angels unaware. Moses could have been an angel, which means messenger. So a messenger doesn't have to be with perfect of speech or anything else. But his, his job is to obey God and give the message. All right. Uh, Dorothy, you have anything on your board? Uh, no one's got their hand up. Um, okay. So I, I was thinking, you know, since we, you said, you know, do, when, 
doing Colossians, we need to know who we are in Christ. And that's a that's a progressive thing. That's not, you know, he tells us who mm-hmm. we are. He tells us the behavior he expects. Right. And, you know, he has given us all a calling. Father doesn't mm-hmm. like pew potatoes, you know. He expects uh-huh. everybody to do something. So you need That's to right. try and seek that out, see what it is. And there's a story about a guy who was in the field, and he saw a big GP in the sky, and he thought it meant go preach. But what it really <laughs> meant was go plow. So <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, well, least- sometimes... Father gives us information on other people's anointings and callings and giftings in order to edify them and to get them to think about it and to pray into it. Like on two of the four of my grandkids, I see anointing. One has a Samuel anointing. One has a Deborah anointing. Now -hmm. they're still young. I don't see anything on the other two. I don't know why. So. I've been praying into the anointings that I do see and trying to make sure yeah. they get the information they need. And that's true for our, our fellow Christians. If you see something in somebody else, you know, share it with them and then uh-huh. help them pray into it because we all have giftings and callings and it behooves yeah. us to do what Father wants us to do. It just does. Yeah. As I said, oh. we're here to please him. And he's given us an assignment, just like you said. He's given us assignments. And sometimes your assignment is to help somebody else with their assignment, to help God. It's all about pleasing God, period. That's all it is. And once you find out your what your position is and what you're supposed to do, it becomes a rest, R-E-S-T. You don't worry about things anymore. You stop trying to figure out things anymore. When he said, lean not to your own understanding, that's what he means. He said, I don't think the way you do. My ways are different than you. I'm higher than you are than thought. I believe it and accept it. Why should I try to figure out what the king of the universe has already created? And I'm I'm a little bitty little bitty little bitty 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 little bit 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 little, the way I can barely even know who I am. I'm just that little, and I'm gonna tell him what to do. Make no sense. It's better to honor him, and let his honor be in his glory. So that's why when you do it all, you do it unto the glory of God. And who gets the glory? Jesus. And who is Jesus? The Son of God. And he's looking for people that want to know the truth. That's what we call being saved. Want to know the truth. They said, I can't figure it out. Let me go to the one who has the answer. And that is being born again. In other words, it is not being dipped in the water or anything else. But what it is, is being elevated in your mind. God elevates a person's mind that where we see things different than the rest of the world do. They see it one way, we see it another. Jesus prayed for this man that was blind, 
and he asked me, he said, how do you say? He said, I see men as trees walking. Well, how did he see them as men as trees walking? Because the world is different than what we think. Jesus prayed for him again. He, all of a sudden, he said, I can see. There's mysteries about the trees. There's mysteries about this world. There's mysteries about the soul. But as I say, don't try to learn everything because the more you learn, the more you have to give an account for. But it's a whole lot better saying, Lord, you're God and I'm not, and that makes me happy. So you got anything else before we close? Uh, No, that's all I've got. All right, then. Would you like to pray? Okay, let me think. Let me center myself and listen okay. to Holy Spirit and say, see what he wants said over the people. Amen. Father, you have something for all of us to do. We can feel useful in your service. Help us to find out what that is. Help other people to see what that is and help pray us into what you want us to do. And let us know, tell us, our identity in you is so much bigger than we think about. You've given us your righteousness so we can walk into the throne room. You could have given us power and authority over the enemy. And sometimes we just need to appreciate that and really, really suss that out. What does that mean? In Jesus' name, I ask you to open everyone's eyes and ears and open portals for open heavens above everyone and help them to move in you in the direction you want them to. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, I want to thank for everybody that listened. And I'll talk to y'all in two weeks. The Lord's will. I'll be still right here in Kansas City unless he takes me to Florida, which I'd like to go. <laughs> so you have a blessed day, Dorothy. And I'll talk to you later. Okay. You have a blessed evening. And good night, everyone. And Father bless. And Walk in his blessings as he purposed for us to do. Good night. Good night.